This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I am sure that you have something to rejoice about today. First of all, you are amongst the living. Father God allowed you to breathe and to see another day. How good is that? He woke you up this morning and started you on your way. It's not because that we are so good, my brothers and my sisters. No, it's not because we are so good. It's because Father God is so good. And he loves us in spite of ourselves. A lot of times we don't even understand the love that Father God has for us. Because... It comes unconditional. You know, some people love conditionally. It's based on what you do for them or what you can do for them. But Father God loves us unconditionally, which means that you can never do anything that terrible or bad that he wouldn't love you. He says that in revelations that if a father earthly father knows how to give good things to his children how much more does our father in heaven which is father god know how to give good things to his children and a lot of times we we don't understand that because we are human beings. We're human. So we we don't understand how could somebody love you when you're not doing right by them, when you're acting a fool and you talk about people and treat people wrong. Because in our natural since we think, well, you know what? They treated me like that, so I'm going to get back with them. I'm going to treat them bad. But that's not what Father God is looking for, my brothers and my sisters. He's looking for unconditional love. And a lot of us, we don't know anything about the unconditional love part. We love on conditions that you treat me right, I treat you right. You treat me good, I treat you good. You treat me bad, I'm going to treat you bad. That's that's what we base our love on, most of us. But see, that's not what Father God bases his love on. I said that's not what Father God bases his love on. He bases his love on unconditional, unconditional love. And that's what we need to, I know we're human beings. I know we're human, human beings. So we do what our flesh wants us to do. We don't necessarily do what the father says to do because we want to do what we want to do. See? And sometimes that gets us in trouble. So we 
go down the wrong path. We go down the wrong road. See, there's always two roads to go. You know, look, if you're driving a car and you have a GPS, it's going to tell you which road to go down. Because that's why you bought it, right? Um, sometimes it comes with a car. It comes with your phone. Your GPS, you know, back in the day we had maps. And the maps, you would open up your map and the paper map and it would guide you. You, you, could, you have to put your finger on where you're going on the map, you know, back in the day. Because we didn't have GPSs and all this electronic stuff. So, you know, you're in the car with your parents and then... They would look, open up the map they got from AAA or uh, the service station. And then they would put their finger on one point A to point B. <laughs> and that's how you got to um, go to the places that you wanted to go back in the day. But now everything has changed. Everything is electronic, and and, and you have to you you get it on your cell phone, your GPS, and you got it on your in your car. If you have um, a car, a newer style car, you have a GPS in there. But what if the GPS or your or your cell phone stopped working? What if your battery went dead on your cell phone? And since we don't use paper maps anymore, you wouldn't have anything to go by because you're so used to getting your information off of your electronic device or your cell phone. So if your battery went dead on your cell phone, you wouldn't know which way to go, would you? Because you don't have a paper map anymore to pull out and guide you. See, my brothers and my sisters, we, we've we gotten so used to having electronic devices, having cell phones, having GPSs in our cars. Everything is basically done for you by the touch of a fingertip on an app. We've, we've gotten so used to that because if we didn't have that, we wouldn't know what to do. We actually would not know what to do if we didn't have cell phones like we have now. We wouldn't know what to do because we have gotten so accustomed to putting your finger on an app and getting it to go where you want to go or do what you want it to do. And it, it, it sort of has made us, I'm not going to say lazy, but it has made us not want to do, go an extra mile because we've gotten so used to putting a finger on the app and letting it open up for us and just tap here and tap there and get everything you want off of an app or an application, so to speak. 
but what if those applications were not there? What if you didn't have a cell phone? What would you do? If electronics were taken away for some reason or other and your cell phone stopped working, what would you do? We, we don't even knock on doors anymore. Not because of COVID. I'm talking, this is before COVID. We wasn't knocking on doors. So we can't say, well, we don't knock on doors anymore because of COVID. No, no. COVID came around the end of 2019, beginning of 2020. So we wasn't knocking on doors before COVID got here. Because we are people now that we don't even know who our next-door neighbors are. We really don't. We have gotten to the point in this society that you don't even know who you're living next door to because you never go and meet your neighbors. You know, back in the day, people knew who their neighbors were because you felt that you needed to go and meet your neighbors. Now we don't have time to meet our neighbors. We don't know who our neighbors are. We don't even know their names. Think about it. So how are you going to help your neighbor? I mean, the next door neighbor. Somebody lives right next door to you. You say in apartments. Ah, so what? They live in an apartment. That's even closer to you. So you really don't have an excuse now because your neighbor lives right next door to you. You don't have to go across the street. You don't have to go uh, up the street. Your neighbor lives right next door to you. So what if you live in an apartment? You still don't know who your neighbors are. Back in the day, you knew who your neighbors were because your grandparents or your parents, they knew who the neighbors were that were living in the house next door. And it went on and on. Their parents knew who the neighbors were. But this now, this generation, not I'm not talking about the young ones. I'm talking about people in their 50s and 60s, 40s. You don't even know who your neighbors are. <laughs> so somebody say, well, they knock on your door. Well, um, is Sue Ann here? Oh, I'm sorry. She doesn't live here. She lives next door. You can't even tell them that. You know why? Because you don't know who they are. And you've never taken the opportunity to get to know them. And so society is made up of people that don't know each other. They don't want to get to know each other. This day and age, most people don't want to get to know each other. Now, you say, well, uh, they get to know each other in church. No, they don't. (laughs) No, they don't get to know each other in church. Because now we have what we call mega churches. Mega churches that have more than 10,000, 12,000 people at a time coming into a church. 
And so most times, even I, I, I don't even have to say mega churches, in your regular church, most times you don't even know who's sitting next to you. Not only in mega churches, but in churches that have less than 200 people in them. You don't even know who's sitting next to you. Why? Because you don't want to know. Because you don't extend friendship or love to people anymore. You don't, you don't do that anymore. You don't care to know who's sitting next to you in church. You don't care to know their names. All you want to do is come in, sit down, hear the sermon, and get up and leave. You don't care to get to know anybody because it is a loveless generation. And I can say a loveless society. A loveless society. We don't. We're in churches. We don't know who's sitting next to us. We don't care to know who they are. We don't extend a hand of friendship or love. And I'm talking about before COVID. Well, we don't, we don't have to sit next to them because we got to be six feet away. And we got to be, uh, I understand all of that. I'm talking about before COVID. You didn't do it. <laughs> so don't say, well, because of COVID. I didn't do it. You wasn't doing it before COVID. Because you want to be left alone. You don't want to talk to anybody because it it, it doesn't feel comfortable for you to, to talk to anybody. So you don't want to get out of your comfort zone and talk to anybody. Not even your neighbors live next door to you. Not even your uh, church Members that go to your same church, you ain't never met them before. It's so many people in churches. It's got 10,000 people. How are you going to meet everybody? You can't. You cannot meet everybody. And, and a lot of times, some of these churches are not. Now they're set up on video. The preacher doesn't even have to come to the church anymore. You just listen to his video at services now that... I said the minister, the preacher, does not even have to come to church anymore. Churches have gotten so big now that he goes to one church and his video stream is streamed to other churches in the in his area or where he in in the same state or in other states. It's streamed. The preacher does not even have to come to the church anymore. All of his, he he might have one main church, but his other churches that are um, connected to his main church. He talks, he preaches one sermon at his main church, and then the other churches that are connected to his church, they hear him on the video. So he's not actually at that second, third, or fourth church that's connected to his church. But they hear him and they see him on the video. So the people are actually in the facility where they can hear his video, but they're not at his church. But they're at one of the churches that are in his, uh, that are connected to his church. 
I guess you understand what I'm saying. So now the preacher doesn't even have to be at the church that you're <laughs> that you're at because he can come on a video screen. I'm talking I'm talking before COVID. So please don't say, well, this is COVID time. No, it has nothing to do with COVID. They were doing this before COVID. COVID's only been here three years, the end of 2019, 2021. Preachers were preaching on video, being at one church, and the video screen is streamed from to all his other churches that are in the area. Because he might have 10 churches in one state, but he's only at one, and he preaches from that one pulpit. But it streams to other. So don't tell me it was COVID is because it's being streamed. No. It's not COVID because it's being streamed. It was that way before COVID, my brothers and my sisters. So don't put everything on COVID. Some things were going on before COVID got here. Okay. So the social distancing, the mask wearing, all of that is because of COVID. But the streaming from one uh church and streaming to the other churches in the area on the video stream and the preacher's not there. It's been going on for some years now because we are a society that accepts that type of stuff. Back in the day, it was no way that your preacher would not be at your church preaching to you on a Sunday. And he definitely would not be on a screen teaching to you. See, we have gotten so accustomed, and I use the word used to, but we have gotten so accustomed to things being like they are that we we don't we don't even see it. We don't even see what's actually going on. Because we've got accustomed to it. There is no way, no way back in the day, we didn't have mega churches back there. And I understand that, you know, you, you have 10,000 people at your church and, and all of that. I, I understand that uh, all these people want to see you and you feel some type of way. It's no, it's no problem with that as long as you're teaching the word of God. I don't have a problem with that. But I, I do have a problem with when you go to church that you don't know who's in your church. You don't speak to people because you don't know who they are. You've got so many people that you don't know who they are. And so these people could be going through a lot of situations that they can't talk to you about because when they call your church, they get a, a answering service because you're so busy. You, you don't have time to even answer your phone at your church because you're so busy. So when they do want to talk to the pastor, they can't talk to the pastor because it goes to an answering service. 
And how are they going to tell an answering service about what's going on with them? So you're so used to, accustomed to these type things that you don't even see what's going on, my brothers and my sisters. We have become a loveless society. There's no love anymore. There's no care about nobody anymore. Don't nobody care about nobody else anymore. It's all for one and for one for myself. And that's it. Me and mine. <laughs> and you wonder why society is in the is in the mess that is in. Because it's all about me and mine. It's not about other folk and trying to help somebody else. It's not about that. You might see one individual getting helped on social media. Oh, social media, that's a whole new thing. I mean, social media, oh my God. I can I can stay here all night and talk about the ills of social media and what it has done to the society that we live in. Social media is not all good and fine and everything that you hear on social media, you take it for granted. Social media is a, become an ill, I-L-L, ill, you know, ill means ill means sick. To society, why do you say that? I say that because you can get on social media and find anything that you want to find on social media, and you have children ages three and up. I did say three. Three and up that are on social media. So you have all of this vagrant stuff on social media. Stuff that they shouldn't even be seeing. Things that you would not have dared let your children see. Or your mother would not have dared let you see. But it's out there now. And your children have access to social media. And so you say, well, how, how, how do they learn to, to hate people? How do they learn to, to shoot guns? How do they learn to uh, talk and say stuff that you wouldn't even thought about talking and saying at at your at a young age, how are they learning to build guns at home and uh, all of this stuff they call ghost guns and all of this stuff? How how are they learning to hate people that they don't even know? How through social media, my brothers and my sisters, they are learning that kind of stuff through social media. It's out there, and they are learning it. And that's not a good thing. That's really not a good thing. 
So you say, well, my child, all he does is stay at home. He doesn't go out anywhere. He doesn't hang with his friends. So he doesn't, well, maybe he doesn't have any friends. Maybe the only friends he have are on social media. Those people he talk when he's not out talking to folk face to face like bef- back in the day before social media, you had to go knock on somebody's door to talk to them. Now you don't have to do that. You don't have to knock on anybody's door and talk to them now. Because guess what? We're such a gen- we we're such a Society now, we don't even like to go on no, uh, knock on somebody's door and talk to them. We have gotten so lazy about communicating with other people that all it is about now is social media. So now, where you used to have to go out and talk to people, you don't have to do that. You can be a lone wolf. Just stay inside all day long with your social media and with your uh, internet. And guess what? You're good. See? Because society has played into that so much. They've played into it, my brothers and my sisters. And then they they don't understand why society has become ill, sick. They don't understand why society has become sick. They can push a button on social media and be on a porn site. On a porn site. You're eight years old. You're nine years old and you're on a porn site. See? We don't understand. That society has become ill. It has become ill. And we don't understand that we let our children see everything that they want to see on TV. On TV. We've got to do better, my brothers and my sisters. You let your children see what they want to see. And I'm not talking about just children. I'm not talking about this this generation. I'm talking about grown folk. I'm talking about people 60 and over. I'm talking about people 50 and over. I'm talking about people 40 and over. You have the ability to do better. But we don't because we don't want to break the mold of society. We don't want to be different. So we allow things to go on because we don't want to be different. And we allow stuff to go on because of that. See. So society... Is not what it should be. Because preachers are not preaching like 
they should. They're preaching what you want to hear instead of preaching what the Bible says. It's the word of Father God. And Father God is love, my brothers and my sisters. If anything is being preached that is not of the Bible, yeah, Father God chastises in Revelation. It says Father God chastises all of his children. But he does it in love. If 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 you're not doing it in love and you're in the pulpit and you're you're preaching hate and division in the pulpit, that's not God. I don't care what who the preacher is and how many people he has following him, because the Bible says more people follow the wrong person than they do follow the right person. Just because you have a million people following you does not mean, as the Bible says, that you're doing something right. Most times when you have that many followers, it means the Bible says it in the word of God that you probably are doing something not right. See, so we got it twisted. We think if you have a million followers, then you got to be doing something right. But the Bible speaks on that. It says, no, it does not mean that. It says if you have a million followers, it's probably because you're doing something that's not right. See, because people are, people are easy. It's easy to follow somebody that's not right. <laughs> it's easy to follow somebody that's not trying to do right or not telling you right. Because you want to hear Wrong things. It's just, I don't know what it is about society. We like to hear things that are not right. We like to hear wrong things. As long as we're hearing something wrong, somebody talking crazy, somebody doing crazy things, oh, I'm going to flock to that. It can be two seconds on TikTok. Two seconds. Or I think it's two minutes, two or three minutes on TikTok. Oh, you're going to flock to that. You got 2.0 views because somebody did something crazy on TikTok. And you loved it so much. And see, see that's unless you know society is ill. It's something going on in our society. And we have so many people that want to do wrong. The enemy, which is the devil, he's gotten into our society and he is playing with people every day. And people do things that they normally wouldn't do. It doesn't take but one person to one person with a gun to kill folk. See? We have mass murders. Mass murders going on every year. Every year somebody's doing a mass murder somewhere. And I'm not just talking about what happened in Buffalo. I'm talking about what happened in school in Columbine, and way before Buffalo, there was Columbine. There were other mass murders at the theater. All of that. All of those are mass murders. But they happen more here than anywhere in the world. They happen more in the United States. We have a problem, my brothers and my sisters. 
We have a problem. We have a problem. And and when we say, in God we trust, it's on all of our money. Every bill that you have, even the coins and nickels and pennies, it says, in God we trust. I'm not... Uh, I, I, I'm not um, a Republican and I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent. Because I have my own views on things. I don't let anybody lead me because they might be leading you wrong. So I'm an independent. I've been an independent for a while now. But what I'm saying my brothers and my sisters, something has got to change in our society. Something has got to change in our society. It can't continue to do and to be as usual, like things are just going on and we just start getting numb to it. It doesn't affect us anymore. It doesn't shock us anymore. The shock is gone because it's happened so much. That people are not even shocked by things anymore. A man kills his whole family, children, wife, and all. And and people are not shocked by it anymore because it happens all the time. It doesn't even have a shock value to you. Oh, it happened. Oh, okay. He killed his whole family. Oh, okay. And I, we're just moving on to the next subject. What? Our society is ill, my brothers and my sisters. It's ill. How do we overcome that? I don't know. I can't give you any answers. Would you say the Bible? Yeah. The Bible helps us to understand the word of Father God. But if we don't apply the word to our situations on a daily basis, how can we get better? Because a lot of people, they don't want to hear about getting better. You know, they don't want to hear it. So how do you make them hear it? You can't. Father God is not going to make you do anything, my brothers and my sisters. He's not going to go against your will. He's not going to go against your will. So if it's your will to continue to do those things that are hurting the society, you will continue to do that because he's not going to go against your will. I was working in the field today, and and um, it's a little job I have on the side, and I I, I was delivering something to a, a a a house, and a little child came. You know, I wasn't expecting anybody to come out of the door because I was going to leave it on the porch, but a little two year old child 
couldn't be no older than three, came to meet me at the door. And I was shocked because who let their two-year-old child come meet somebody at the door? So I stood there for a minute thinking that the adult was going to come out. The adult didn't come out. The child came out. <laughs> and I said to myself, well, what's going on here? So the child comes out, and he says to me, I bought, I've got a new gun. That's what he said to me. And so I looked at him. He was only like two or three years old. I said, oh, okay. So he took the little package from me that I was delivering. And on the side of the door, I could see like a shadow. And I guess it was his mom or dad or whoever it was told that child to come out the door and tell me that he bought a new gun. Like I said, he wasn't older than two or three. Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> Something's wrong. Something's wrong. When you send your little two or three-year-old child to the door to tell a person that's delivering something to you that he said it out of his little mouth. He said, I, I bought a new gun. And I was so shocked. I said, oh, okay. Because I saw somebody's shadow on the other side. And they probably thought it was a cute joke. But it wasn't. It was sad. So you're teaching your child that's two or three years old that it's okay to have a gun. And to come out and tell somebody that he never saw in his life that he bought a new gun. You think that's okay and you stand on the side of the door while this is going on. That's not okay. That's really sad. That's really sad. Our society is ill, my brothers and my sisters. And it comes from that what I just told you. It comes from parents telling their two or three-year-old child to come outside and tell a person that they don't even know. Instead of them coming to the door like they should have, you send your baby to the door to tell somebody he just bought a new gun. That's not funny. It's not cute. Society is ill, my brothers and my sisters. Y'all have a blessed night. Talk to you later. This is Malicia signing off. Bye-bye.